is, I say, as you'll notice the center of the storm, not where all the action of the storm is. All that action is off towards the east. That is good news if you don't want a storm to strengthen. And I don't think we're going to see any strengthening of the storm. So we're talking about a tropical storm, not a hurricane right here off the coast. Wind speeds have been gusting up to around 40 miles along the coast, and we'll see that. But the most of the moisture is going to stay off towards the east throughout the day today. We'll see bands move in. We'll see some spots across parts of Florida, maybe two to three inches of, of rain in some localized areas. Could cause a little bit of flooding. It's definitely a dangerous day if you go to the beaches. Hopefully, I think a lot of those beaches are closed. Uh, but this is a path of it. We've got about 24 hours of the storm really close to the Florida coastline. Then it begins to make this northeasterly turn as it does, gets a little bit closer in towards the Carolinas. And sometime probably tomorrow afternoon. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to HR Talk, your home for all things HR and talking. I'm JC up in the uh, northern part of the United States. Uh, walk down the street, can see Canada. Heading across about to sunny central Florida where the world is happy and gray. The storm surge is rising. He didn't yet have his coffee and bagels. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. Brother man, let me tell you what a weekend this is going to be. You got a lot going on. Well, you know, just uh, this guy I see is I can't stop hearing about him. I see, over this I see us. I, I see, see us. us. I see us. I see us hitting see the us. shoreline with a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, could you imagine? The- could you imagine the hurricane out there in the water? It's like that. I see us devastating the shore. Let's go. Let's go. Clouds. Let's go. Water. You know, it's like one of those Sesame Street things. You know. You know, how can something so devastating have such a dorky voice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Just add insult to injury. Well, I see us going off the coast. I lost my house. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I see us. Is that how you say it, though, Rick? I have no idea. I'm watching the news all weekend long to see what's going to happen with the storm. Um, I live right. It's right on the on uh, on the blurry line on whether something's going to happen or something's not going to happen. I just, I feel bad for the face. He's over on the coast. That's going to hit him first. Yeah, but that's coming tonight, brother. The night is going to hit. So nothing gray, nothing sunny. Actually, there's a little sun coming through. But uh, you know what? I saw the funniest meme about this earlier today. That everybody's so worried about this hurricane hitting Florida, and you know, a hurricane going directly to Florida is the most normal thing that's ever happened this year in 2020. And <laughs> that is the perfect meme, right? Because it's true. Why are you freaking out? This is normal. This happens right. every year, guys. Well, I, I think a lot of people are still like mentally still on February, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, like, you know hey, yeah. Daytona, Daytona just happened. Wait, it's hurricane season already. <laughs> you know? It's, it's or been five crazy. years, man. They asked, I was 2020. Oh, those three months were great. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Anywhere through March were awesome. Hey, Other um, than that. so aside from the world collapsing in on you and and everything like that, you do sound amazingly different. You had a little bit of a studio upgrade, didn't you? Yeah, brother. We uh, you know, the show keeps getting more popular. 
and uh, we keep getting billions and billions and billions of dollars. And uh, we figured let's reinvest in the show. I've got enough Maseratis. You have what five G fives, dude? Five is enough. So we got to take some of that money and reinvest it back into the show. Well, I and see uh, we uh, the listeners on the podcast portion can't see this. Uh, our video, we have a video feed for visual communication. And, and I can clearly see, plain as day, that you have officially covered up the logo of HR Talk on your microphone. You are changing your brand. You got a whole lot going on, man. Oh, wow. No, actually, that didn't mean to do that. The way the light is reflecting on it. Oh, there wow. We go. I fixed, oh, I thought you were ditching the show. I thought you were getting rid of the brand, man. No, no, no. That's other people. No, we'll never ditch the show. <laughs> the show will be here. You know, that's one thing that we we could use a lot more of is uh, in the beginning, we had a lot of volunteers. I mean, I'm only going back like maybe about a month, Rick, and, and our volunteer base, the people that used to help us, when when Susan and the intern ran off together, that was a whole dramatic thing. Do you remember that? <laughs> All right. So, so for everyone out there that's not familiar, we had a collegiate intern that was assisting us with some of our social media. And yeah. the collegiate intern coincidentally was located very, very close to Susan, who is someone that used to help with the program. And the two of them would fight and argue all the time. And they got in awesome. a big argument over Ricky the one time and disclosure of records and who's tweeting, who's not tweeting. And there was a whole was Twitter thing that happened. Right, Rick? No, there wasn't. We're not fighting. Well, at the, all, no, you weren't fighting with them. They were fighting with each other using the same handle. I, anyways, they ran off together. They left the show. As Susan's 57, the intern was like 27, 26. I don't know. I don't know. I wish them all the best. Still. Why are you giving away their ages for? I'm not giving away the last name, so it's okay. But the point of my story here is, is that we had volunteers. We had people that we could rely on. We don't have that anymore. I envy I organizations that have volunteers to help them. I do, too. I do as well. And you've got to have some volunteers to read. So, you know, sometimes you got to have volunteers to really make a show work. Not necessarily W-2 employees or 1099 employees. You do need volunteers because that's where that passion comes from. And, you know, JC, when you and I were talking to John Petz a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about the volunteers and, you know, we, we threw out the idea of having a volunteer show. So, I had a conversation with one amazing volunteer for HR 2020. You know her, too. Her name is Amanda Brunson. Oh, yeah. Yes, buddy. Yes. HR Panda. Fantastic. I, I an awesome interview with Amanda. Um, she and I were talking left and right. Hey, you know she what, though? Me. How about uh, this? How about instead of you describing what happened? Let's play that clip. Amanda, we're live. Amanda, how are you today? Ricky, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I love how we just say each other's names. So I'm going to try to say it as much as possible through, uh, through this interview. So, no, but I, I am so glad that I'm finally getting able to sit down with you because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had John Petz on for, you know, on the show. He is the host uh, for HR Florida 2020. Actually, he has done some uh, uh, previous HR Florida conferences before. But uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week, I don't know, we had him on and uh, we started talking about um, just it's how awesome the volunteers are at HR Florida. And that's when, you know, the idea came to my mind, oh, we should do a show about volunteers and then you came to mind. So 
you volunteer over at uh, HR Florida, right? This is not your first year. This is not my first year. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When did you start volunteering for HR Florida? I was trying to think about that. I, I know I have at least three shirts. So that means I volunteered for at least three years in the past. <laughs> um, I feel like I have maybe a fourth one somewhere that maybe doesn't fit anymore or something. Okay. <laughs> so at least three years, maybe four. Um, but I feel like I've just been volunteering um, ever since I've moved to Florida and started going to the conferences, which has been, you know, four to five years. So um, I just you know, I, I enjoy Amanda, it. <laughs> here's a funny print, uh, the funny thing, right? Some people, when, when, when they're trying to find out what they've done in the past, they look at calendars, but not you, <laughs> you go by how many free shirts you got. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so four, maybe five or four or three, maybe four. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, you know, I think of things as when like I did something, I, if I'm trying to remember something, I'm like, okay, I think that happened around that time frame, and that's how old I was then, or this is what I was doing there. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I associate stuff. So I associate my volunteering with how many shirts I have. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. So, because it's, I know when people hear the word volunteer, right? Obviously, nobody does it just for the heck of it. There has to be a reason for it. And when you use the word volunteer when it comes to a charity, then obviously you can make that connection, right? When you use the word volunteer or if you're voluntold, right, as we say in the HR world when somebody gets selected for something, um, it's, it's normally attached to something negative, right? So if you volunteered, obviously you're not getting paid for it, but help me understand what drives the... I guess, the drive of your volunteer for an HR conference? Sure. So I would say the first year that I signed up was I had just recently become a, a GoShrimp board member, and it mm -hmm. was kind of expected um, that board members volunteer for the HR Florida conference, especially because we were the great Orlando chapter and mm -hmm. the conference is in Orlando. So, you know, yeah. they kind of expect expected that. And if I remember correctly, the first year I did the bag stuffing because I didn't want my volunteering to interfere with the conference itself. Okay. And they do bag stuffing before the conference starts. So I was like, I'm going to go and stuff bags for four hours and there's my volunteering. <laughs> um, okay. and it was fun. It was very hard work. So if you, you know, really want something hard to do, um, but fun at the same time, because I met some really awesome people that year. Um, just from being in the, in the area we were talking about. But so that first year, I think it was more just because I felt like I had to. And then by doing it, like I said, I met awesome people and I'm like, this is a great opportunity for networking. Mm. So um, I think the second year I ended up doing like lunch support. So I was like scanning people's badges as they came through. I met some incredible people. I remember meeting a guy, I think from North Carolina. And mm. I'm like, wow, you came all the way to Florida for this conference. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> People do that. How many, you know what? Let me ask you that. How many, do you happen to know how many attendees of previous HR Florida events are not from Florida? Meaning that they came in just for that event. You know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, mm, okay. You know that I was, there were supposed to be several people from out of state coming this year. 
Um, well, speak. yeah. We got a little thing, COVID, something <laughs> yeah, that's so disrupting that. something. So, okay. <laughs> I got um, you. But I do, I have met people in the past, um, like speakers and attendees that have come for the conference. They said they heard that Florida put on a good show and they wanted to check it out for themselves. Um, so I've done that. And then I think the last two years, and then I think I signed up for it again this year. One of my favorite things to do is greet people as they're entering the main uh, general session hall in the mornings, Mm -hmm. because you know me, I am happy and go lucky and have a smile on my face this year. I'll have a mask. So I'll have to put like, (laughs) just draw one on. You'll be right. (laughs) I'll have to get a a mask with a smile, but uh, I just love seeing all of the people in the mornings because some people are like, hi. And some people are like, uh-huh. And some people are like, <laughs> you know, in the middle. And so just being able to greet the 2000 people that are at that conference yeah. through the general session, that's one of my favorite things to do. Cause I get to interact with so many people at that point, even if it's just a hello, you know, it might be the start of somebody. It's a good start to somebody's day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, you know, it's um one one of the things that I've noticed about the volunteers for the HR Florida event, because uh, I spoke at one two years ago, uh, mm-hmm. and I've attended plenty of others. And one of the things that I've noticed that really impressed me is that it doesn't matter whether you're talking to a volunteer on day one of launch or the very last session before you guys close, the right. energy isn't different. When Normally, one would expect that at the beginning, everybody's hyped up, they're, they're, they're hooked up on coffee, they got the adrenaline running, and months and months of planning are finally you know, going live. And then as the event goes, because it is exhausting, it's a lot of work. I, and I, I've seen the behind the scenes work, and let me tell you, it's my hats off to you guys who get paid and who don't get paid. But <laughs> towards the end, I'm still having conversations, because you know me, I'll talk to anybody about anything. And the energy and the passion is still there. It's, can you help me understand what drives that and what kind of legal drug are they taking? So I can be on that as well. Yeah. Help me understand that. Um, you know, I think it's really awesome. So everybody that, um, you know, if they're on the, the conference team or if they're on the HR Florida council or mm-hmm. if they've just signed up like me to just, you know, volunteer some time, Um, I think we all just are excited to be there. We want to make sure that everybody, all the attendees have a good experience. And at the beginning, it's like, okay, we want to make sure this is good. Um, So we're like amped up and we're excited and, you know, doing what we need to do to make sure everybody has a good experience. And by the time it's over, we're excited that, yeah, it's come to an end, but uh, we're sad about it coming to an end, but we're excited because it, it went off and, with, you know, how hopefully any, um, ages and just, um, I think it's just kind of an excitement to feel like, you know, you accomplished something so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So how many volunteers are there? Do you know? <sighs> Don't know. Um, I know this year is definitely a lot less than, yeah. than um, mm-hmm. but it takes a whole army. Um, yeah, I, that it does. <laughs> It's several, I, a couple hundred and I could be off. Wow. That, yeah. But, but that, that's, that's still a big feat. Yeah. You've got people doing, so you've got the conference committee and you've got the council and they're pretty much on all the time. Like they, they work the entire conference and then the volunteers that just go in and sign up, 
they can pick it or they like pick what they want to do. And then there's various shifts. So I could go and do, um, the general session welcome for what, 30 minutes to an hour. And then I'm done with that shift. And then Mm -hmm. I could go and do lunch support for an hour and then I'm done with that shift. Um, so there's all of these different things and then you have to think about it. There's a volunteer in every single concurrent session room as well. So you've got, you know, 20 sessions going on at one time. So you've got 20 volunteers volunteering during that time. So you've just got all of these various people that are all over the place trying to make sure that everything's, you know, going smoothly. So you know what, Amanda? It's now now that you've done this uh, volunteer work for HR Florida for four to four and a half T-shirts. Um, so I guess my question for you is: is that you know last year you you took the leap and you spoke at Disrupt HR Orlando, and that is hard to do. And you took that leap and you knocked it out of the park. I was so proud of you. I'm like, go ahead, do it, and you did it. You was really nervous at first whenever we talked about it, but then you know, after practicing and putting it together, it's, you were a pro out there. I guess my question for you is, when is that leap going to happen from volunteer to speaker at the HR Florida event? I mean, I don't even like to do the programs ambassador part of the volunteer. <laughs> I have to get up and like introduce the speaker and stuff. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm putting you in the spot. I know. I know. I'm comfortable. Like, with a five minute presentation <laughs> and I'm comfortable. I've been to Rollins a couple of times and have mm-hmm. spoke to a group of like maybe five people. Mm-hmm. So I can do that. I don't know about HR Florida. I don't know that I have enough um, in me to talk for an hour. Oh, Amanda, dude. <laughs> come on, man. You know, you do. I've seen you. I've seen you in action. You got it down pat. You just got, mm-hmm. now I've seen you in the five minute I don't have control of the presentation. I have no idea what these 15 seconds are going to do to me action, right? This is different. <laughs> so yeah. I actually, I think the one hour that you would speak at a, a this kind of a conference is much easier than that, that five minute, uh, no control of the, over the presentation aspect of it. Right. Or no. I don't know. I'll have to think about it, but it's not going to be in the next year or two. Cause you have to like, apply like a year in advance <laughs> yeah no you do you're right you do it it, it takes a lot it re- like like uh it's two years ago i was approved last year um i don't know what happened but i wasn't or i i got it in late i forgot what it was and then yeah. this year i think you got to do it eight nine months in advance yeah. uh but okay no, but I'm happy i'm happy being the conference ambassador i'm happy getting up to in front of the the Gosherm group and saying, Hey guys, you need to go to the conference. And I, um, I'm happy like to go out and be a cheer. I like to be the cheerleader. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Yeah, the conference cheerleader. Well, you know what? That's what they should call it. Right. Because right now you volunteer, but you also do the social media aspect of it as, as well. You're doing different blogs leading up to the event. Right. So you're, you're, it, it, I think you're selling yourself short saying that you're the cheerleader of it. You're like the ambassador. <laughs> you are. So, so with you being the ambassador for anybody, actually, before I ask this next question, let me ask you this. Um, are you, what is the one thing out of all the times you've volunteered, what is the one thing that you get out of it every year that you're like, wow, that was worth it? The networking for sure. The, the networking. Okay. Yeah. Because it, okay. so for those of the people that have only known me for the last one to five years, um, you know that I'm pretty extroverted now. 
Five years ago, I was not. <laughs> I was one of the most like introverted people you could ever meet. And people mm-hmm. now, they're like, no, you weren't. And I'm like, ask Jackie Brito. She was my instructor <laughs> at Rollins. Yeah. She had me for my very first class. And I'd sit there like I was a little like in a shell. Like, please don't, <laughs> please don't pick on me. <laughs> um, and so I don't remember what the question was. Then. No, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, see, yeah, so I'm putting you in the spot. It's okay. No, actually, the question was, what is the one thing that you get out of every time you volunteer that's valuable? And you said the networking. Yeah. And, and, and then you brought up Jackie Burrito, and I love <laughs> yeah. Jackie. Oh, me you know, too. Yeah, she and I graduated from Rollins together. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so she and I were in the same uh, Masters of HR cohort. And then she started teaching for it. I started teaching for it. She, she doesn't do it anymore. Now she's full-time consultant, I think. The last yeah. time I talked to her was about six months ago. So mm-hmm. now she's a full-time consultant. But yeah, she, Jackie is, and she knows how to bring people out of the shells. She really, really does. She knows how um, to do that. So anyway, so networking, I, have, I just have found where uh, I just love to, to talk to people and get out there and, and meet new people. Um, and then see all of my old friends that I met like last year or the year before, because, um, through volunteering, I've met several people just in that, like, I probably would have never met them had I not been volunteering with them. Mm, so I think that is probably the biggest thing that keeps me like wanting to come back to it every year and, you know, trying to convince people to, to also do it too. And, you know, just to, <laughs> I get it. to get out there and, um, and just have that way of like, you know, feeling of giving back and, there's just so many different opportunities um, for getting out there. And it's, it's a good way for, let's say someone that is a little less extroverted and um, they still want to get to know people. It's a good way like for them to be in one spot and for them, like people coming to them, you know, if like if you were at registration, like people have to come up to you and ask you questions. So it gives you an opportunity to, to talk to them. So one last question for you. For everybody out there listening that's like, oh, I want to be a volunteer, and they obviously don't know what it's like, what is the one piece of advice you want to give them right now or the one piece of advice you wish you would have gotten before you took that leap? I feel like you put me more on the spot on this question than (laughs) I am. I am so sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, next, next time you get a tweet from me or a, a text from me saying, Hey, you want to come on the show? Hell no. I am so glad to be here and I can't wait to take over when you are at HR Florida. And, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to hold you to that, Amanda. I'm going to hold you to that. All right. Um, okay. So I stole long enough. Um, I think <laughs> they're the, there's job descriptions on the website for all of the different opportunities there are for volunteering. Um, go out and look and see what's available. Um, and just, you don't have to miss the conference to volunteer. Um, like I said, mm. there's backstuffing before Sunday or on Sunday before the conference starts, they have evening activities where they need volunteers. Um, there, there are various opportunities, even like um, the lunch um, people that lunch support, there's various opportunities that you can volunteer for like an hour or a couple hours or whatever, and you don't miss the conference. So if that's like what you're worried about is missing the conference, you don't have to worry about that. 
Mm. Um, and I, there was something that I found out recently that I was really excited. I wanted to share with you guys, but I was told that I needed to hold off on sharing it. So I'm sorry. There's something really cool coming for volunteers soon. Um, that's okay. I'm allowed to say, <clears throat> but well, yeah, cause, cause this is, so today is Wednesday. This is being released on Sunday. No. Is it going to be released between now and Sunday? I don't think so. Okay. Then yeah, don't say it. <laughs> you're good. Don't say it. Uh, yeah. I was, I was really hoping to, but anyway, so right. any, if you're listening to this, um, keep an eye out on HR Florida's uh, social media sites. They'll have some really cool information for volunteers soon. Um, and yeah, just volunteer, okay. even if it's for an hour, just because it's, you should. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That should be your, your, your slogan. Whenever you campaign to be the president of HR Florida, that should be your slogan. Amanda Brunson for president of HR Florida. Volunteer dot, 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 because you should. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So for everybody out there listening who wants to get in contact with the social media queen of HR Florida 2020, Amanda Brunson, what is the best way they can reach you? Um, my, uh, handle is the HR Panda and you can find me pretty much anywhere using that. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I prefer Twitter, LinkedIn for connecting professionally. Okay. Um, if you become my friend, I may accept your Facebook request. Ooh, I like that. I like <laughs> that. If you pass the interview process and you get extended an offer to be my friend on Facebook, I like it. Uh, Instagram too. My Instagram and Facebook are my my Instagram is like definitely more personal. My Facebook is a little bit of a mixture between uh, professional and personal. Um, but Twitter and LinkedIn is pretty much all um, professional. So, well, hold on. Cause I'm going to look on my Facebook. Cause I think my, I sent you a friend request about six months ago. It's still out there pending. It's okay though. It's okay. Uh, we just no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Weekend, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Right. You a request Ricky. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you very much for your time. I really, oh, really do you, appreciate it. I can't wait to see you at HR Florida. Yeah, We're going to be there. I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to hold you to that. I, it, when I'm presenting, I need you to man the, uh, the, uh, the uh, table with JC and they just, oh. and just call the shots. I'm going to let you take over. Awesome. I do have one other thing. If you're at HR Florida and you're looking for me, I'll be the one with the HR Panda mask. Oh, Okay. I, I made my own mask. It has HR and a panda. You'll find me. <laughs> really? Yes. So, so you make your own mask? I did. Are you, are sort you, of. I are designed you doing, it. Uh -huh. I designed it and then I uploaded it to a website that does the masks and. Oh, I, so you're not starting your own business. You're not. No, doing, no, no. Oh, I, 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 I was going to invest in it, Amanda. I was going to invest in it. Be a partner. <laughs> Come on. We got to jump in opportunities here. All right. We'll talk. Yeah. No, but I just designed, so I'll have the HR Panda mask. So if anybody's nice. All right. Well, excellent. You're going to be there from beginning to end. Ladies and gentlemen, please look out for both the HR Talk booth and look for the Amanda Brunson. She's going to be the one with the uh, Panda and the HR mask, right, they, oh. that she made. She'll be out there. Is it going to have lights, blinking lights like a Christmas tree? Probably not. <laughs> Boom. You know what? I just gave you an idea for the business. All right, Amanda, thank you very much for your time, and I'll see you then. See you then. All right. All right. So that right there, JC, is really what it takes to be a volunteer. You just have to love the field. You got to love the field. And, you know, she did get something out of it. You know, obviously, that networking piece. And 
like I said in the interview, JC, you and I have been talking about this since the inception of the show. Networking is key. If you don't have those networking skills, you're going to have a hard time in this field. I'm going to tell matter, you right? something you right out. I'm going to tell you something. I agree with you 110%, but I still firmly believe that when you volunteer people things to do under other uh-huh. duties as assigned, sometimes uh-huh. it still works out. That's all. Some, sometimes <laughs> it works out. It depends how you volunteer that person right. to do the volunteer stuff. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. okay, it worked out for a while for us, remember? We volunteered the intern that they were going to be doing social <laughs> media, you know? It was yeah, other yeah, duties then, as assigned. Exactly. You volunteered her to go get blinker fluid for your car. You volunteered <laughs> her to get the ID10T form. Dude, you started doing all those things we did to boots in the Marine Corps. It doesn't work yeah. the same. You know what? Now I know why they left. They got tired of all the Marine Corps bullying. Thanks, Jay-Z. Uh, the one that pushed it over the edge was the BA 1100 November ST rings. She's still <laughs> out there looking for them. It's fine, though. It's fine, though. Hey, um... You got you got yourself into a little thing here on the uh, the Twitter. Before we talk about that, though, uh, when, again, when is the uh, conference? Uh, when can people go down to uh, shake the hands of Amanda Brunson and the other volunteers? Oh, brother. So HR Florida 2020, starting August 30th, going through September 2nd, here in sunny Central Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort. Please go to hrfloridaconference.org. Org, I think that's what it is, or .com. Google it. You'll find it. The tickets are still available. We're doing live events as well as a streamed webcast. It's going to be awesome. No hurricane or global pandemic will stop you. It's still early. It's still don't, happening, don't, man. Don't, it's don't, still don't happening. Don't throw that out there, brother. It's but as of right now, it's still happening, and people can look forward to this, correct? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It still is right. happening. Nothing's going to stop that. Nothing it is. Now that I said that, hopefully no other hurricane comes. But either way, if it comes, Gaylord Palms is a strong fortress. Okay, so you got yourself into a bucket of stuff on Twitter. And and you tend to get yourself into these Twitter things. And it's not in a bad way you get into Twitter things. These are real good constructive discussions, Rick. Um, While you're getting the tweet pulled up, if you could please get the tweet pulled up, just to kind of set the stage a little bit, here I am. I'm on my phone and I say, hello, world. What could I look at today? So I go on the Twitters. And then I start to see all these human resources people chiming in. And they have these varying degrees of opinions on recruiting and talking to people. And, and then you've got like some people that are like in, in it for the flashbang. You know, they, they don't want a conversation. They just post a blurb and their word is gospel, word is bomb, mic drop, they walk off. And then here comes Ricky. And Ricky jumps into a Twitter thread with the intent and the desire to actually have a discussion. Rick, what are you thinking? You do this on the, how do you talk to people on Twitter? You're supposed to just insult people or say your state, your claim and run away and never talk, never follow up. Right. Come on. No, man. Absolutely not. You know, you, I'm you kidding. Know, you know, of I course. Good healthy debates. I, I love a good, healthy dialogue. So yeah, you know, on, on Twitter, you know, a, a lot of conversation goes on, especially about what is, and it's not common practice in recruiting. And people get passionate about whether it goes one way or another, uh, which which I can completely understand that. But one tweet in particular, her name is KM. So uh, you, you can find her at, at K-A-Y-Y-M-I-N-E-R-H-R uh, right on Twitter. And she put a simple tweet just like this. Here we go. 
had a friend received an offer from a company with an expiration date. This this is Wednesday. Yesterday, the company slash recruiter started heckling him for an answer, saying it's best practice to respond before the expiration date. Yeah, it's also best practice not to give an expiration date. That's not real. So that's the end of the tweet. So I'm, I'm reading that. I'm looking to jump in. But then this other guy jumped in uh, at Jeffrey W. Shapiro. And he says, at the time of the offer, they placed a deadline. Wow. How flexible are you going to be with me as an employer? I'm cool with an org needing an answer, but there are much better ways to do this. So obviously he's jumping on board. He uh, he, he agrees with Kay. Um, but the one piece that kind of got me is how flexible are you going to be with me as an employer? So that that piece right there got me thinking. And I, 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 I do admit that that got in the way of the actual topic that Kay was talking about. But I, I just focused on that. Right. So I responded with JC. That's perfectly normal. A recruiter has other candidates to consider. So a two to three day turnaround is pretty realistic. If the candidate has a hard time with that deadline, just imagine what would happen when the employer gives them a project with a similar deadline. So that's the part that kind of got me, that there seems to be this weird expectation that tables have turned that companies should cater to the candidate, which, by the way, is true. Companies do that. Because especially if you're vying for a high caliber candidate, that other companies are vying for that person as well. But at some point, if you're going to have a hard time with a deadline from a candidate offer and you can't handle that deadline, and this is supposed to be your best impression, your best foot forward, what kind of a message do you send that potential employer? So that was my take on that. Hey. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're about to ask a question. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Oh, no. The birds are chirping. Sun is shining. Those are tweets by Ricky Baez. <laughs> I was wondering what you were So you spent a little bit of time with, uh, with the author of the tweet, correct, Rick? No, correct. So I reached out to her, you know, behind the scenes. And Just I'm tell like, me hey, when you want me to hit play. I mean, oh, hold on, I'm going, I'm going, hold on. Okay. So, um, it's uh, so I reached out to her behind the scenes and said, hey, you know what? We are looking to make this into a topic for the show. Let's have a conversation. She's like, absolutely, and this is what came out. All right. So here we have Caitlin M. Caitlin M. is an HR professional from Indiana. Way, way out west. Well, at least west from Florida. Well, it's, how far away are you from Florida, Caitlin? Uh, well, what is it? Probably like seven hours, eight hours, I'd say. I, I'm too lazy to go to Google Maps. Yeah, that's, that's uh, long yeah. enough. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so, Caitlin, it, it's uh, you and I met. Uh, it, it's in a weird way, right? And 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 before I explain how we met and how we're meeting right now, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. So, um. I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in human resource management from IU um, in December 2016. Um, kind of had my first HR generalist job right out of college um, for a lumber company here in Indiana. Lumber? Um, th- yeah, lumber. Those lumber company. Out? Yep. Okay. Um, well. So it was an awesome gig. Um, over 300 employees, three different states, 
uh, bargaining unit. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Small, <laughs> small bargaining unit, but Still. bargaining nonetheless. So yeah. um, really was a great opportunity for my first job right of college. Um, okay. Kind of asked for a really better opportunity, honestly. And um, just kind of from that, I had the opportunity to move on and um, be an outsourced HR journalist um, for an insurance company. Okay. Um, again, another cool learning experience, just able to kind of be that HR contact for multiple companies at once, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that department eventually transitioned to providing HR consulting. So ah. I did a little bit as an associate consultant um, you know, again, within three years of graduating college, I was just kind of, um, just felt really, really blessed, really fortunate to be able to kind of have all that, um, experience under my belt. So you graduated in December of 2016 with a yeah. bachelor's in HR, right? Yep. All right. I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Why, why would you do, why do you want to go into <laughs> HR? Help <laughs> me, help me understand that mindset. So yeah, funny story. I actually uh-huh. started off in accounting, um, uh-huh. I love math. I love numbers. And I thought I was going to be a a CPA for one of the big accounting firms in town. And that was kind of my pipe dream. And then I took my first tax class and Uh. that (laughs) was not for me. That'll do it. (laughs) That'll do it. Um, So I had actually kind of spent um, really my whole college career and some of my high school career um, as a department manager uh, at a local grocery store. Uh, so working full-time as a manager, going to college full-time. Um, and after I took that tax class and realized accounting was not my destiny, mm. I kind of went to my guidance counselor and said, you know, there's got to be something else. I, I love people. I love being a manager. Um, you know, what, what can I do? And they had just finalized the uh, HR management program at, at oh. IU. Um, and she said, well, you know, we're, we're opening up this program and you can take a couple classes, try it out. And um, I, I was hooked. We had a, an excellent professor who gave us a combination of um, kind of love and hate, I'll say, mm-hmm. tough love maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, it, it just clicked. It was just, I knew, I knew that was my path. That was for me. Nice. And then that took you to doing HR for a lumberyard company? Yeah, it did. Oh, you know I know I want to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, so I actually had met um, the VP of HR for that lumber company while I was um, a Starbucks manager um, at that grocery store. He was in every day getting his decaf venti coffee. And um, so we had connected and he knew that I was uh, working on my HR degree and mm-hmm. When my then predecessor um, was stepping down, he actually called me the day that he stepped down and said, you know, I know you're, you're working on your degree. We'd be happy to interview you and work with your, wow. your school schedule. And I had actually, that was on a Monday. I had actually just turned in my last final for my degree that Sunday, that day before. And I said, well, I'm actually done with my degree now. So I'd love to interview. And um, yeah, they didn't post it. They just kind of let me interview. And I think it was a good fit for both of us. Um, They're pretty, pretty well known kind of family owned company in the area. So I had known about them and just figured it was a good fit. I just, I just want, I just want to point something out real quick. So, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money 
on resume building and making sure the resumes is, is, mm. is on point. They spent yeah. uh, the premium service on LinkedIn just to get noticed, to get that job, For only sure. to apply, do all those things. And nobody gets a call, just crickets. Yeah. M- meanwhile, you're being paid as a Starbucks employee and somebody <laughs> walks in and that's how you get the job. That is awesome. And, yeah. and I'm biting on that because one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is to never underestimate the power of networking. Oh, absolutely. And you, you just proved it. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And actually, I mean, if you want me to kind of give another spiel on that, I actually, yeah. my HR internship was kind of, um, I got that the same way. So I, we were required as HR majors to do an HR internship. We we're the yeah. only major who that was required for. Um, and so we had a really great professor who worked for a plumbing supply company, um, oh. an adjunct professor. And um, I still hadn't had my um, internship to satisfy my degree. Mm -hmm. So I actually reached out to him at the end of the semester. He sent a nice email to everyone, you know, thanking us for a great semester. And if you ever need anything, even a toilet, let me know. And I'm like, (laughs) well, don't need a toilet, but can I have an internship? Um, He ended up initially actually saying, you know, we just hired a new HR manager. I think we're good. And then two weeks later, he contacted me again and said, you know, I talked to her and we actually would love some help in HR. I think we can, you know, create something for you. That's awesome. I know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. I know it doesn't happen all the time that way, but I totally agree about the power of networking. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, and it's, it just, it baffles me how many people think that as soon as they graduate college, whether it's a master's or a doctorate or JD or a bachelor's that all they got to do is apply and yep. goes into a machine with thousands of other names and voila, the heavens opens and jobs. The job fairies back. come and, and grant you with a job. Job fairies. <laughs> I like that. Okay. You're right. The job fairies do some fairy pasty dust and boom, there we go. The job is there, yep. but it doesn't really work that way. Uh, dude, dude, I could talk about that all day, but I really want to talk about how you and I come to meet yeah. and it's on Twitter. And what happened, what had happened was, is that uh, I was on Twitter and I just happened to notice your um, a tweet that you put out and I'm just going to read it. All right. So your tweet says, uh, this was uh, July 20th, had a friend receive an offer from a company with an expiration date this Wednesday. Yesterday, the company slash recruiter started heckling him for an answer saying it's best practice to respond before that expiration date. Yeah, it's also best practice not to give an expiration date. That's not real. Mm-hmm. And You've had other people chime in. You you created quite a stir with that one. And, it got uh, a bit of attention. Yeah. It did. It did. And I think somebody said, let me, I mean, I guess it's it's public, so I, I say his name. At Jeffrey W. Shapiro, he replied with, at the time of offer, they place a deadline. Wow. How flexible are you going to be with me as an employer? I'm cool with an org needing an answer, but there's there's much better way to do this. So then I jump in. So, so, <laughs> so this is, and, and this tends to happen as soon as I jump in and open my mouth, everybody just starts jumping on me. Uh, so I jump in with, you know what? That's perfectly normal. A recruiter has other candidates to consider. So a two to three day turnaround is pretty realistic. If the candidate has a hard time with that deadline, just imagine what would happen when the employee gives them a project with a similar deadline. Mm. And we kept going back and forth. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? This is a great topic for HR talk. Absolutely. So I reached out to you 
and uh, it's trying to come off not as creepy as possible, send you a message saying, hey, do you want to come <laughs> on the show, right? And you're brave enough to say yes. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, let's start with the beginning of the tweet. So um, you, you, you had a friend, and can you – I don't know how much you can elaborate. I don't want to get him in trouble. I don't want you to get, to get in trouble neither, but can you elaborate as to what, what, what's meant by heckling? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so um... – Basically, he had reached out to them, um, got an offer late Friday, reached out to them Monday morning, um, just to kind of go over some of the um, specifics of the job offer, because there were a lot of kind of, I don't want to see discrepancies, but the benefits weren't really what they had discussed, you know, PTO time, things like that. And so he reached out to kind of see if there was any room for negotiation there. So. Um, fair enough. Upon do- yeah, yeah, totally fair. So yeah. upon doing that, um, he kind of started getting some pressure in regards to giving an answer, almost in response to asking if there was room for negotiation for those items. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really, we really need an answer. And um, he, that's when he brought up the deadline. Well, you know, technically the deadline isn't until Wednesday. So, and, and that's when, um, kind of more of the heckling, if you will, started while it's really best practice to respond before that deadline date. Um, Mm. yeah, (laughs) yeah. You see, so I may have misunderstood that, right? Because I focus more on the deadline and then as I'm going back and forth with Jeff, because I, I told him maybe I misunderstood, but the way I took it, let me see if I can bring that up real quick. The way I took it is that it was more on the deadline when he was talking more about the heckling. And then that's when it hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, they're right. The heckling is an issue. Yeah. Now, let me attack the first piece of it. And it's, it is perfectly normal for a recruiter or an organization to say, here is an offer. Please respond back in 72 hours. But here's the yeah. actual deadline, right? For sure. Uh, it, it's perfectly normal. But come on to like a day later. Hey, do you have an answer? Two days, you have an answer. It's, yeah. That's just desperation. And, and I guess even then to check, you know, let's even say it was to check up on the, the candidate and say, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, just wondering if you have any questions or if you were getting closer to an answer, but it was, it just was almost framed as though his questioning of the, the benefits that they discussed were, pushing him to just giving them an answer so it wasn't even like you got an answer yet got an answer yet it's (laughs) like oh you want more vacation time i'm just gonna need you to give me a yes or no yeah Yeah, no so yeah that 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 seems pushy it does and and you know what now i'm gonna take my hr manager consultant hat off and i'm gonna put (laughs) my lonely recruiter hat on right sure so from a recruitment perspective I can totally understand the pressure that will be under because look, it's, I would love to sit here and tell the entire audience that um, in a perfect world, (laughs) doesn't exist in a perfect (laughs) world. um, If we go ahead and, and um, we need to fill a position, then that means that the hiring authority came to me 30 days in advance before the person is going to leave. And we take plenty of time to review the position. We put a strategy together on who we're going to need. And then we take even more time. We spend 20 minutes on each resume to make sure we get the right person before we interview. That's a perfect world. Sure. This really happens, right? I get a call at 4.59 when I'm about to leave at 5 p.m. <laughs> from a hiring authority. 
on a Friday to let me know that they have to open a requisition because somebody left three weeks ago and they have to fill it ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, the accuracy. Oh, yes, ma'am. And when I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean three weeks ago? How come, what, what's been going on in the past 21 days that nobody has told me anything? Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, so, and then you times that because that's just one requisition and one business partner. Could you imagine times that by 10, times that by 20, 30, 40, or 50? So I could understand how a recruiter could be feeling overwhelmed and they get pressure from their boss. Now, that aside, quell it. Don't let that get in the way, especially dealing with a candidate. So that kind now I don't know this recruiter. I'm just going off based on what you're telling me and how this conversation is going. Based on that, it kind of leads me to believe that that's a recruiter that may be a little bit inexperienced for that position. Which is really interesting because um, my boyfriend actually worked with the same recruiter probably about a year ago now and had a Mm kind of a similar experience. Oh. And okay. you know, I, I don't want to name any any company names. No, nah, they'll it, do that. Yeah. It's a big, big recruiting firm. Apple. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's not Apple. I'm kidding. Yeah. It's not Apple. It's okay. not Apple. Got it. So okay. it's just it, it is very interesting. Okay. Uh so so you know this person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, I don't not personally I've never met them in you know in person, but um we're definitely connected and um you know i've i've just again since my boyfriend's worked with her had a similar experience um it was just interesting hearing it again from from his friend yeah i think i think the feedback i think it's important that you give that feedback right it's uh as as hr colleagues um one of the things i told all my students is look if there's feedback to be given give it but how you give that feedback is crucial. How a, yeah. how a message is delivered is just as important as the message itself. Yeah. So I think it's important for you to give that person that feedback and say, look, maybe this was not your intention or maybe this wasn't something that you set out to do, but I got to tell you how this is coming across. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't know. That's right? very true. Very yeah. true. So from your perspective, what would have been a better way to handle this from, from the recruiter's perspective? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, honestly, the, you know, we're not going to be able to meet every candidate's every wish in a, in a job offer. And that's fair. Um, but it just seemed like maybe he didn't get an explanation as to why the, the benefits I think were so far off from what they kind of discussed. So I think that's a big, you know, a big one aside from just the whole heckling, um, part of it. But I think, you know, there was a lot of good feedback on that tweet too, in regards to, it's one thing to follow up, you know, and mm-hmm. and I think that goes back to kind of your point about perception. Yeah. So giving that, and maybe that was her, that was their way of following up, um, mm. heckling. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, just yeah. the same way as giving that feedback, you know, is important. I think that, Um, the way you follow up is important. The way that, that you present yourself as a recruiter is important. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing recruiting for, for our company, I mean, I, I see myself as the face of the company, you know, I'm, I'm who that candidate is first talking to. I'm the impression, you know, if I'm a, a friendly voice and I've had candidates tell me they can hear me smiling over the phone and, oh. um, you know, I think I, 
everyone has different personalities, right? Yeah. And and that's fine. And I respect that. But kind of keeping that in mind, your the, your perception, what kind of perception are you giving off, um, I think is important. So that's from the HR perspective. So now let's move on over to the candidate perspective, right? Because sure. it's easy for you and I to give that person that feedback. But should a candidate give that feedback? Because that, that's a completely different ball, ball game, right? Because you, you got to be careful with how you receive the feedback and what kind of feedback that is, because that technically could hurt your chances in getting that sure. job, right? Yeah. So what should your friend, your, the, the candidate, what kind of feedback could that person have given, if anything at all? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great question. I mean, again, I think it depends a little bit on the personality type. And um, two, you know, this, you might work with that recruiter again, you know, know that. Um, So you could, I've had situations too, where you might explain something or give that feedback in the nicest and sweetest way that you think is possible. Um, But if if that person's sensitive about it and they get defensive, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're they're not going to take it that way. So. Final disposition. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the dreaded email. Thank you. We're going to hold your resume for six months. No, you're not. They're no, like, not. delete, delete no, that now. Exactly. Okay. Look, for anybody out there listening who's a brass ring administrator or any kind of applicant tracking system, please call in. Let me know. I want to know what you do with those resumes of the people who you don't select and you say hello <laughs> that, hey, well, We'll, we'll keep it on file. And you know that's BS because two months later, a similar position opens mm-hmm. up and they don't you get don't considered. You don't call that person. You don't yeah. call that. Nobody does that, right? So it's, I'm going to petition for people to stop doing that. Yeah, that's done. That's <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> well, Caitlin, um, it's, I want to thank you for your time. I, I really want to thank you for your thank time. Thank you. Uh, no, I got you. It, it's, we'll definitely uh, keep in contact. I do want to see. I do want to find out. I don't know if you can tell me now. I do want to find out if, if your friend actually accepted the job or not. Yeah. So after that day, I mean, Monday, so he had till Wednesday to respond. He politely declined. Okay. And actually has an offer from that company's competitor now, a better offer. So I mean, really just the plot thickens, you know, (laughs) but no, it'll thicken even more if the recruiter from that new company is somehow romantically involved with this recruiter somehow. Oh, for sure. Can and you then imagine that plus like a love gonna, triangle or something? That Excellent. is, I'll tell you what, if there was ever a channel, then all they play was just HR stories. We'll have <laughs> so many Emmy award-winning stories out there. For sure. <laughs> so awesome. So Caitlin, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, what is yes. the best way they can connect with you, whether it's a phone number or email or social media handle. Cause I know on, on Twitter you are, I don't know if you want me to share it or not. Can yeah, I? go ahead. Okay. Yeah. On Twitter, you are at K Y oh, I'm going to spell it. I'm sorry. You are at K A Y Y M I N E R H R. Yep. I would say that's the best way to get a hold of me, especially HR. Yeah. I, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I try to be when I'm not. We were talking about being underwater. So yeah. more underwater I am, less active <laughs> on Twitter I am. But yeah, very responsive on Twitter. So absolutely feel free to reach out to me. Roger that. So I'll go ahead. Um, once the show publishes, I'll go ahead and tag you on it. Again, you are at K-A-Y-Y-M-I-N-E-R-H-R. I'm going to put that on the show notes anyway. Caitlin, thank you very much. I really thank do you. appreciate it. Absolutely. You stay safe. Yep. You too. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right, Rick. I, I, 
totally get the interview. I'm with it 110%. You did a real good job there. She's got a good background, good history. What was that? She started in the, she was a woodworker. What was that again? No, no so, a, a lumber yard or something, right? She a was a logger. Yard. Yeah. 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 No, no. I, so here's, here's what's going HR. in my head. Okay. No, I get it. I get the HR thing. But like in my head, I'm thinking to myself, like, was there a river and were there logs in there? Did you get the run on them? Like, this is like, I got like cartoons in my head. And this is what I'm thinking about. Look, I, I had a chance to sit down on the heels of your tweet. And I sat down with someone that shall remain nameless until I play this clip for you. Okay. They've been recruiting for 22.35 years. <laughs> they just hung out with uh, Miss America candidate pageant winner, Miss Maryland. Right now, we've got Aaron with us. Everyone knows Aaron. Everyone loves Aaron. Aaron, you know that everyone loves you, though, as well, too. And I can't thank you enough for being here today. Oh, gosh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. So... The, you're welcome, by the way. The The world blew up this past week. There there was a lot of insanity. Mr. Baez has gone crazy with his fingertips. And a lot of people are going nuts with the differences of opinion out there. Now, we're talking specifically about this tweet. We've been talking about it on the program a few segments now about this tweet. I really want to highlight your opinions on this tweet because, well, I don't know if you fully agree with everything that everyone's saying. What's your thoughts on the premise of this tweet? So, so I, I read that. And so I've been recruiting for what, 22 years or so, give or take. And so every, you know, every company that I've worked with every, you know, I'm in the defense industry, so I don't know if every industry does this differently, but every offer letter that, that we've done, there's always a, um, you know, we want to hear back from folks within a specific time period, right. whether it's usually it's between five or, or seven days. Um, you know, I typically give a verbal offer and, you know, recruiters have, a, um, we, we have instant gratification, right? We want to hear, we want you to accept the offer yeah. the minute we give it. Um, so I, I wanted to, you know, I, we want, we want, you know, to hear, yes, we, you, you know, you accept the offer, but at the same time, you know, sometimes folks have other offers on the table. Sometimes they want to, you know, they, they want to take a minute to, you know, to, to have some time to think about it. But at the same time, you know, you, if you're going to take three months, you know, you have to have a time limit in there at some point, because what if they decline and you want to move on to other candidates? What's, where's the, you have to have kind of a give and take there. So, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, agree that it should just be an open-ended, you know, at some point that offer has to, I don't know if expire is the right word, but it has to expire. You know, you have to, you have to kind of draw the line somewhere. Um, And I think it just depends, but at the same time, you know, if a candidate needs more time than whatever that quote unquote deadline is in that offer letter, they need to communicate that to the recruiter. So if, you know, if again, in our industry, if I have someone transitioning out of the military and maybe they have, um, you know, they have some offers coming in that might, you know, be, maybe they're not going to get another offer for a couple of weeks. And so they have a, they have a longer window. Okay. Well then, you know, if I really want that candidate, I'm going to wait. It's not like I'm going to be like, no, you must make a decision, you know, in seven days. We'll wait. We're flexible, but you have to communicate that. Otherwise, you know, we, we might lose out and then the candidate might lose out. All right. Let's, let's kind of drill in take. on that real quick here. Cause it, at the very beginning, when you, when you bring that offer to the table, you have the individual that you want to, you want to wrap up. This is going to be your new team member. You get that offer out there. You, you get the acceptance out there. You want that buy-in right away. You're completing the sale in a way. You're completing the team in a way. When they don't accept right away, 
Is that a, a shot to the ego? Um, again, it depends on the candidate. And I think it depends on the position. I mean, if it's an admin position and they want three weeks to think about the, you know, whether or not they're going to accept it potentially. Right. Because right, right. It's, a, it's a different thing. But if it's a again, if it's somebody who, you know, they're, they're making a life altering decision. Right. You're it's a big, you know, depending on the position, if it's a senior level position or it's just life altering. You know, it's I have to take you know, they have to take time to think about it. They have other factors. It's not just whether or not it's an instant gratification, you know, there right. might be other things or other factors are considering. So, so like a, like a no, phased I don't roll take in. it personally. Like a phased roll in, in a way, though. Like if, if you give that offer and they say, you know what, absolutely. However, I've got these couple things going on in my life. Want to work with you on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Might be like a six to eight week lead time. I mean, that that's normal part of conversation in a way for what you do, though, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, I actually, I'll reach back out to them. If they're going to take some time. The other piece is that as a recruiter, you don't just leave them out there. You know, you, you continue to talk to them. So you continue to uh, massage again, is not the right word, but you continue <laughs> to, to have that conversation, right? So I'm going to reach out to them, touch base with them once, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks or, or once a week, just to say, Hey, you know, how are you doing? Do you need anything else from me? Do you have any additional questions? Um, because that way they remember, they remember me. They're not going to just you know, think that I forgot about them. I just threw a piece of paper out there and said, hey, here's an offer. All right. Um, that and way, another the, the, part of this tweet, Aaron, we have to drill in on this right away because it's at, at this quintessential portion in the discussion. In the thread, they're talking about how this particular recruiter, prior to the deadline, pick up the phone and and came across and, and was perceived as badgering the candidate. Three days, four days prior, have you made your choice yet? Have you made your choice yet? We're here for you. Talk to us. Where's that fine line between harassing the candidate, badgering the candidate, or having those optics, and actually just doing your job, staying in communication or or doing things in a positive way? How did you feel about that part of the tweet? Where's your stance on that one? Yeah, again, if you give an expiration date, and if you say, you know what, you've got seven days to, to make an offer, it's one thing to touch base with a candidate and say, hey, do you have any, you know, a couple days in, do you have any questions? Let me know if I can answer anything else for you. And it's another thing to say, well, you haven't made a decision yet. You know, there's there's that fine line. So, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't ask them to make a decision. If I've given them seven days, then that that's what I've given them. Um, I would just pulse them, you know, once and say, hey, you know, kind of in the middle of that, say, hey, let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, I just let them roll. And then if it's, you know, usually if it's day six and I haven't heard from them, one, I already know they're pretty much going to decline at that point. I mean, you kind of have to most folks don't wait until the end if they're not going to if they're going to accept your offer. It's pretty rare. Um, So usually day six, I usually just kind of remind them to say, hey, oh, by the way, we're kind of expecting to, you know, have a decision by, you know, by tomorrow is when your offer expires. Just want to remind you of that. Um, I'm not, you know, we're at. Make, telling them they need to make a decision, but just sometimes they don't pay attention either to the deadline. I've had I have had candidates do that because um, they don't remember that little line in the offer letter because um, they just you know roll right down to well, how much am I getting paid. Um, so <laughs> sometimes you do have to remind them of that piece of it. But otherwise, no, I, I don't think if you're going to badger them, then don't bother putting a deadline in there. Just say you know give me an answer now. Yeah, but uh, when it comes so. to how much they're getting paid, they're they're probably already in the know because you put it in the job offer, right? Right, exactly. Right. And hopefully, you, and hopefully you've had a, that conversation before you can send them the offer letter. Hopefully you've had that verbal yeah, right. offer and you've had that conversation. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, hopefully they know all that. But, you know, sometimes they miss 
what I think are the important things, like when should I give you an answer? But um, again, you know, those are the important things that, you know, what we think is important. Sometimes they miss those. In your perspective, the big picture of this whole thing, HR people talking about recruiting on Twitter, the sharing of ideas and information like this, the agreeance on some, disagreement on the others. Is it a good thing? Should people take it to heart when they find disagreements and and dig in and, and have hatred towards each other? Or are these effective forms of communication on Twitter? Is HR just 15 years behind the times? We should all just be on TikTok dancing together. <laughs> I mean, where, where where's yeah. your thoughts there? It's, it's perspective. I think it's, it's a great way to learn. It's an opportunity to, to learn new things, new ways of doing things. I think, again, just oppor- new opportunities, new perspectives. But I, I'm going to, I'm not taking anything personally. Uh, there's just a, a, everyone has their, their own way of doing business and, and hopefully everyone can kind of grow from it. Yeah. But no, I, I would not, I don't take it personally. Right. Um, I, got, some, yeah. I got one more question for you, Erin. I won't tie up sure. too much longer. Okay. But, when we're, we're thinking about the recruiting, we're thinking about the, the talent pools, we're thinking about candidates that ghost. It seems to be a thing over the past few years, people ghosting on the backside of COVID. I'm not sure if that's even still a real thing right now where people are going to continue to ghost. Some people might be thankful for opportunities and, and jump at them right away. But do you see differences, generally, uh, generationally speaking, when it comes down to people ghosting, just vanishing and, and not responding to you when offers go out? Um, so, you know, it's, it's, and again, maybe it's just depending on the industry from an offer perspective. I don't have candidates. I, it's rare that I have candidates that goes to me from an offer perspective. Um, so again, might be just an industry thing, um, or just maybe the, the maybe type it's of you. work that we do, but no, maybe it's maybe, you maybe, personally. Maybe, maybe, maybe just awesome. me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's just a little cocky, but, um, <laughs> you know, we just, it's, it's just rare that, that that happens. Um, but you know, we tend to hire for more niche types of positions. So, that, that could be part of it. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't see a lot of that. Now, candidates, you know, in general, before you get to the offer stage, certainly, right? There's yeah. a ton of candidates. When you reach out to them, they don't, they might apply, but then they never call you back, right? So there's right. that. But come, when we weed them out um, at the, you know, on the other side, we don't see that much. What if, what if it's someone that's uh, where it's just slightly outside their niche? You're, you're, you might still give them the opportunity if they have the skills? Yes. I mean, as long as they meet the, the minimum quals, because, you know, we have to meet, you know, certain qualifications um, for the position. But as, as long as they meet the minimum quals, and, um, then absolutely we'll make sure that they, you know, we try to get them through um, to at least, you know, the interview side. And then, you know, the rest of it is usually the, the personality and the fit from that perspective. So, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's hard to fill, you know, qualify. I mean, it's hard to find qualified candidates. So if we as long as they meet the minimums, we'll, we'll bring them in. Um, and, and try to give them the opportunities. I think that's really important. Aaron, it's very rare that you and I have time alone together, let alone I on know. this program. I am so thankful. Uh, we are at that quintessential 10-minute mark, you and I together right now. So in closing, I want to thank you very much for your time coming on, sharing your thoughts, and uh, turn it over to you for any advice you have for, for Ricky. I mean, it's Ricky, you know? <laughs> it's Ricky. You know, Ricky, you should really just give JC more airtime. I think that that's really important. He's just, he's mm. such a, a joy to, to talk to, but oh, um, wow. no. <laughs> Love it. But thank Love you. It. I do appreciate that you guys always reach out to me. I think it's awesome. And you guys are doing such great work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're certainly more than welcome. All the best to you. Take care. Oh, I know her. Yeah. She had a couple words of wisdom right there too. At the very end, a beautiful piece. And, and you know what? 
she's right. In the bigger picture, you know, having that communication, having that flexibility, having that constant communication with the candidates so that you're expressing your intents and desires so everyone knows what's going on along the way. Totally makes yeah. sense, man. Totally makes sense. Um, I got another surprise for you, Mr. Baez. What is going on today? Okay. Um, I, I took this tweet to the nth degree. There were five people that declined to talk about it. But uh, I have an employee's perspective now, reaching all the way back to one of our previous episodes. We have the, the uh, oh, you got to help me with this. It was the lawyer who became a restaurant manager, who became a uh, a rapper, a musician, and then sanitation oh worker. Tim. Tim. He was a teacher, right? Yeah, the teacher, the teacher too. Yeah, the roofer, roofer, teacher, rapping guy. The roofer, that's right. He was also a roofer too. He's had a lot of jobs. He worked at Tim Hortons too. That's right. His name's Tim. He worked at Tim Hortons. He he had a lot of jobs, and he has some input, feedback, and critical advice in regard to this tweet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you go back in the coffers of HR Talk, we had an amazing. How do you say? It was more than a biography. It was an introspective. It was a soul-touching journey with an employee who who rediscovered himself and rediscovered the entire world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the program, Mr. Tim, the roofing, rapping, legal lawyer, sanitation worker, king of all trades, the man, the myth, the legend, my dear friend, Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing well, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm hanging in there, and it's okay. They don't know me by that name, but that's that's fine. We'll we'll stay with that for right now. Look, well, JC, I hey, it's all good. It's all good. Look, here here's my th- question for you today. There's a huge hot and but hot button topic going on right now. Mister Ricky got himself involved in like a big mess on the Twitter. Okay, there's this whole thread going on where people are talking about getting jobs, right? And uh, sure. in the thread. Recruiters are chiming in and, and employees are chiming in. And here's the premise of the whole thing, okay? You get offered a position, all right? And yeah. they say to you, I need your answer in like seven days. And you're like, oh, okay. okay, I'll think about it, right? And then time goes yeah, by. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, a week. Yeah, a week or, or whatever the time frame is, okay? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then like after a couple days, um. They start calling you saying, hey, how's it going? Have you made up your mind yet? Hey, how you doing? Let's uh, let's talk about that position. Hey, you know, deadline's ticking. Uh, did you make a choice? How would you feel if someone offered you a job and just kept calling you over and over? I mean, honestly, I'd feel pressured. I'd feel a bit pissed off. I mean, it's kind of like not fair. You, you tell me you're going to give me odd amount of days and then you're jumping down my throat trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to take the job. It almost seems in like not sincere, you know, like you, if you, if you want to give me that job and you want to give me seven days, you got to give me the seven days. You could start calling me after that. If I don't return by that seven days, then by all means, you could call me out the, out the box. Yeah. But if you're going to sit there and chime in every couple days before my seven is up. Yeah. Hell no. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> I don't care whether I'm roofing, doing a legal thing, or the sanitation. I don't give a damn. If you don't give me the time that you so called gave me, I I'm not I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna play fair either. I don't know if I'm gonna go with that company or not. All right. So so ju- 
so the job interview is done. They call you up and they say, we, we want you to join our team. We are, we are going to come to the table and we're going to give you $100,000 a year. And uh, if you have to talk it over with your family, that's fine. And then you come back, you let them know, uh, need a few days. And then they turn back to you and they say, okay, how about, you know, by next week, Monday, you let us know what you're thinking. It's been two days and now the calls are coming. Hey, Tim, how you doing, man? How you doing? Hey, we were thinking about kind of expediting things, you know? What do you think about like 90000 a ton of cash? Or, or, or what do you think about some puppies? You know, what about some wild scenarios? What if they just throw stuff your way and it's just like out of the box to try to sweeten the pot to get that signed? That's a good idea? No, nah, man, I, I feel like that's way too much pressure. Like, you, I mean, I don't know what you let the last person go for, um, you know, but you're obviously trying to get someone in, in there in what seems to be like a hurry. So now you're pressuring. You almost feel like maybe they are on the on the like they got their head in the guillotine and they're trying to scramble to get somebody to fill the position, you know, and I'm sure, Hey, if they offer me the position and I applied for it, maybe, you know, I'm qualified or whatnot. But if you can't give me the respect of giving me the amount of time that I deserve, you know, and that's a, that's a big decision. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a hundred thousand dollars or $90,000, whatever the thousands of dollars is, that's great. And to be offered a position, especially at this you know, stage of the game, is amazing, you know, because a lot of people are not working and stuff like that. But you still can't harass me to, to join your company, right? you know? Right. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. So what, what would you tell that recruiter? What would you personally say to that person that's calling and basically harassing you to try to get you to work for them? What, what would you tell them if they're not respecting your space and time? And that's, I mean, and, and, and from I, two I, different perspectives, if you could, you know, give give yeah, me like yeah, your professional answer, but then give me your raw answer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I do, I do. I think like I would probably try to hit it off with something funny at first, like, "Hey, man, I know you're calling me. Uh, let's go get a box of chicken nuggets or something like that, so that we can actually meet face to face, so that like." I can let you know that you're pissing me off like in person. Right. You know, because, you know, sometimes coming over the phone, it's tough to understand, you know, um, exactly the way somebody's feeling. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and yell at a person over the phone. Sure. Because, you know, obviously that comes through a bit, you know, harsh. And I also don't want to lose the job just yet. You know what I mean? But if I could <laughs> tell this recruiter, like, yo, like, what what is the what is the point of offering me the time and then harassing me well before my time is up? Like, right. what is the point of that? And what does that tell you about working for that organization, though, too, when you're it in that tells scenario? Me that I'm probably going to be micromanaged and they're going to be up my fucking ass, which I, <laughs> I, I mean, if that's the raw truth, man, I feel like they're just going to be, I don't know, man. It's, right. it's almost pressuring, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, I don't feel as though... Uh, I don't. I don't feel as though I would want to work for a company that is like literally begging me for an answer, or, or give gives you their word and then takes it back. Hey, take seven well, yeah, days. I mean, right away. I mean, again, this is only a recruiter, right? So this isn't 
this is like almost like a third party, or are we talking about a, a guy that actually works for the yeah, company? Yeah, someone that works for the company, like in HR, and they're, and they're doing that bidding of the uh, manager that wants to hire you, and they're like, yeah, you know, it takes seven days. Now, it's only been like one or two days. Maybe they're trying to meet a quota. Maybe it's end of month, whatever the case may be, and they're just picking up the phone. Hey, Tim. Hey, remember me. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your yeah, auto man, warranty I, is I set know. to expire. You know, they keep calling. Yeah, I think what it is, man, too, is if you are you going to call and offer me all this stuff and then not offer me the exact time that you said you would, it almost makes me feel as though that's not the only thing you're going to shortchange me on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, you know. You're going to get a smaller parking space. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, you can work from home. <laughs> Off of an AOL disc, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, yeah. I feel like the pressuring is just probably something that uh, is going to happen more often and on a much larger scale because it's then going to involve some type of work product. And you know, if you're not giving me the time to make a, a decision of whether or not I want to change my career and or change, you know, change something, um, in a whole for my family, yeah. You know that's that's a pretty big deal. Like that's that's uh, that's an amount of time that you deserve to to get what, because what, it involves what, just more than them. What would it take in your neck of the woods to uh, actually get to that point of telling them to piss off? Like, not even in the process of like, you know, declining them because it's been a couple days. But like, are you the type of person that would come to the table? And this is the employee perspective for everyone on the show. You know. I mean, from right. from your perspective right now, if you didn't want to take the job and you did take a couple of days to think about it, you going to pick up the phone and call them? Are you just going to ghost them? Are you going to wait till they call you and just say, yeah, I'm all set. Don't worry about it. See you. How would you deal with that? I mean, I guess uh, I guess it depends on the run up. Like if you're saying that they're calling me. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to take me a lot, like a shorter of a time. Like if I already know that I don't want it, I'm probably just going to be like, look, man, I'm not taking this job. Yeah. You know? Um, but if I'm given, you know, two days and I don't want it, I mean, I'm the type of person that would probably reach out and be like, look, it's not going to work for me. Right. Whether it be, you know, whatever reason. And I've done that in the past actually, because I have about a 72 amount, you know, 7,200 jobs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where I, you know, where I've gone to the person, I was like, look, like, it's just not going to be enough. Like, I, I'm sorry. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, and then depending on how much they needed my service or my, you know, how valuable they thought I was, then they give the chance to go back to the table and say, okay, do we want this guy for a little bit more or whatever? Right. And that's also happened to me. Yeah. You know, um, so, but if someone's harassing me and I already know that I don't want the job. I'm coming to the table and I'm going to say at all, <laughs> you know, but not, so, yeah. but not so, you know, well, depends, so on, depends how they're harassing you, right? They're knocking on your door. They're showing up at your kid's school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're doing that shit, yeah, someone's going to get punched in the mouth. But <laughs> We really want you to come run our restaurant. Well, yeah. why are you talking to me about it at my kid's elementary school? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. too far. Is that, no, yeah, exactly. It's way too far. But, um, I, I don't know, man. I it, it's and right now, unfortunately, you kind of have to tread on thin ice, right? Yeah. Because there's not a ton of opportunity 
out there. I mean, there is, but at this stage of the game with the whole bullshit that's going on, there's really not. A lot of places have closed down. A lot of people are, like, you know, not even going back to work because of whatever reasons. Right. Um, you know, so it almost feels like if they're doing that, man, they're pressured. And, and, and do you and think that the employers the rest of my life is the employer taking advantage of the scenario? Then are they taking advantage oh. of the current crisis in that regard to to pressure in a way? Hell yeah, man! I I totally believe that. I totally believe that. I feel like I, I feel like it's you know, especially now, I feel like they, um, you know, they. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, right? Because like, right. As, as an employee in his perspective of a company, you have to respect that they need to get their shit done too. Yeah. yeah. Right. But at the same time, you can't expect them to, if they're not giving you the amount of time that you deserve, and they're calling you and this and that. Like, like I said, man, it, it almost feels like something else, in on a bigger scale, is going to be pressure or whatever. And, and I feel like they're just jumping at the opportunity to, you know, they've got a lot of people right now that are looking for jobs. Right. Right. So, you know, if they, if they can't, if if they can't get an answer out of the first guy, they want to move to the next guy. Exactly. Because there's probably, you know, there's probably a bunch of qualified candidates, but they're taking the best come first. Right. And and some people were saying in the conversation that, you know, they'll put themselves on a three day timeframe. And they'll tell that employee, you've got three days, they're going to reach back out, get in touch with them, or you get in touch with us, or the candidate, rather, and then make a decision to go from there. But it, it seems to yeah. be like when, when people are using that larger window of time, and then they start to feel the pressure in their job to to get someone to fill that role, and they done screwed up by, by not giving a tighter window of time. Well, that's not your problem as the candidate, no. right? Hell no. No way. So thinking about the bigger picture here, right? And we do have to wrap up. I don't want to tie up yeah. your night. I know you're a very busy man. I want to thank you very much for your time uh, profusely. No In the bigger picture of things right now, uh, with the way the job market is, with the way everything is, if if the people that listen to this show get out of their bubble for a second and they think about it from the employee perspective, is it is it a situation right now? kind of circling back to what we're talking about, taking advantage. Is it a situation right now where you think it's going to become increasingly more difficult for employees to remain positive when job hunting and putting their trust and faith in organizations for the fact that they feel they're probably just going to wind up getting screwed over anyways, given current scenarios? Yep, absolutely. I honestly do. I feel like, I feel like, as I said already, there's many people who are looking for jobs because either they got let go or, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. But when one of those things doesn't work out on a rather smaller scale, you can only imagine that it's going to be worse on the larger scale, right? Right. And for for the, you know, for the employer to, you know, give whatever time frame that's the time frame that you need to get. Like I was in that position where um, the sanitation job, he said, Hey, take the weekend, come to me on Monday and let me know what you want to do. Right. And this was a huge change for me. I was going to yeah. be, you know, literally giving thousands of dollars away to work part time and for minimum wage. 
Right. But again, back to what I did, it was just, it was a whole renew of myself type of thing. Like I got the support from the wife and, you know, I talked to her about it, but he gave me the weekend. He didn't call me and say, Hey, what's your decision? I need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, he didn't call me and ask me out or anything like that or you know, any of those stupid <laughs> ideas that, you know, these recruiters like, you know, feel like they're the only one that matter. And it's because they're trying to do their job, right? Right. So if they're getting pressure from above, they're going to pressure the person below, which is unfortunately the employee that could be. And um, so, yeah, man, I think that it's just going to get harder as time goes on um, for employees because it's going to be tough to take things serious, you know, because there's just a lot of uncertainty right now you know and i think that i think that uh i would i would probably get really pissed off if i'm being honest if someone gave me a window of time and then just kept calling me i'd feel like there's some there's some reason for that you know what i mean it's not just because they want to hear your voice there's a reason <laughs> that they're calling you as much as they are. yeah and again maybe they're getting pressured from their end you know because everybody's got a job to do you know, and as much as you have to, you know, respect the fact that companies are now seeking employees because other employees don't want to come back because whatever they're, you know, maybe they're getting more money or I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever the case might be, they're, they're searching for, you know, candidates and people are searching for jobs. So it has to go hand in hand though, you know, and if, and if it doesn't, then there's something wrong on a higher level right. and you could totally be inconvenienced by that. I feel like in the long run, it's been much longer than a year since you were on the show. I can't thank you enough for coming back on today for today's special episode. We've got a lot of different guests chiming in and, and your valued opinion was one that I definitely wanted to make sure that we got on the board today for today's discussion. How you been though? Overall doing good. Awesome. Been great, man. Is uh, life. in, in your episode when you were on we were wrapping things yeah. up and you said that you were getting things every day like at the end of the episode you said things were real good and you were getting that you know positive things in your life every day still happening right <laughs> a lot of positive things oh daily. yeah man yeah the bjs are still coming man oh Love wow them. good okay all right tim thanks appreciate you oh i'm sorry no it's all good have a good day <laughs> how could one guy not be as happy as him i'm telling you he maintains that positivity. It, right? You need to take, you know how everybody's doing all these blood tests for people who test positive for COVID, but they don't have any symptoms. They And they take their blood trying to p- create antibodies or some vaccines. They need to do that with his blood. Yeah, but he's also got that anger. Like, you know, with the employer there, well, you know? I, I, don't I don't know, press so hard. Don't press so hard. The Respect the space, bro. <laughs> Respect the space. That's I all. I get it, God, he's got he's got some motivation though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. That he does. Yeah, man, it's good to hear from him. Hey, you know what? It's also good to hear about stuff. Yes, favorite part of the show. I said that out loud. It's time for current events. Current events this week, brought to you in part by that one thing that makes Mister Tim happy weekly. 
Okay. Ricky, got you cracking up a little bit right there. All right. Uh, so, so taking a look around the world, uh, you mentioned a big news story that's going on right now about one of your favorite platforms, the Tiki Taki, and the United States and, and everything. What's that story? What do you got going on? I do have a clip for you on this topic, though, too. Well, yeah, there's a there's this big thing going all of a sudden. TikTok is a huge threat to the universe. And now they're looking to ban it and Microsoft is looking to buy it. And it's pretty weird that such a big company as Microsoft wants to buy such a huge weapon of mass destruction. (laughs) So I went straight to the source, Rick. I went straight to the Tiki Takis and I found a guy talking about the the exact situation about TikTok being banned and everything that's going on. Let me play the clip for you. This is what's considered news to some people who only watch TikTok. Congratulations to all you panic drivers. Y'all just got played again. To be honest, this has actually been one of the most blatant bait and switch techniques I've ever seen used, and everyone fell for it. You see, instead of panicking when Trump said he was going to ban TikTok today, I actually did a little bit of research, and lo and behold, Microsoft was in talks with the parent company to buy TikTok. The talks were not going in Microsoft's favor. However, the United States makes up most of TikTok's market. The U.S. banned TikTok, that would have been most of its user base. How do I know this? Because it was less than 12 hours later, and ByteDance caved to Microsoft's demands. Don't just go by what the news says. Sometimes you need to look into stories a little bit more to actually understand what is all going on. So to Mr. Trump, I applaud you. That was fucking slick. For those of you freaking out thinking he was going to get rid of your favorite app, just think about this. He single-handedly managed to save it and make it a U.S. company app. (laughs) And that is your news from TikTok. Rick, over to you. Oh God! I love how they think that he's this—he's got this big master plan. Today, I'm gonna save Tiki Taki, and here's how I'm gonna save Tiki Taki. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious, bro. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> your next current event news story is coming to us from TikTok. TikTok as well, we're gonna take our second news story directly from TikTok. Uh, this is from Geodesaurus. Okay. Geo, uh, G-E-O-D-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Geodesaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Here I we got go. 2008 Geodesaurus. <laughs> there are probably things that you didn't know about Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan is the second largest great lake. This is Chicago. That's Lake Michigan. There are some people that say that Lake Michigan and Lake Huron are technically one lake. Hmm. Lake Michigan has some 1,500 shipwrecks that you can see right now from the sky because the zebra and quagga mussels have so thoroughly cleaned the water. Thank you, invasive species. A lot of them you can actually go visit. Check that out. Lake Michigan also has its very own Stonehenge. The site is over 10,000 years old. It's near Traverse City, and archaeologists estimate that it was created when the lake bed was dry. One of the stones in the circle has a mastodon carved on it, which was an animal that roamed this earth 10,000 years ago. A lot of the facts on this are still up for debate because it's hard for archaeologists to get to the location. Lake Michigan also has the largest freshwater dune system in the whole world. If you haven't been there, they're freaking awesome. There are so many more amazing things about Lake Michigan. Follow me for more. And that is your second current event story. A little bit of info about Lake Michigan to include their own Stonehenge, Rick. Were you aware? 
I wasn't, I didn't know they have 1,500 different shipwrecks. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of shipwrecks. That's not real. That's, That's not real. real. It's real. No, it's on TikTok. Of lake. course it's real. It's a lake. What kind of ships are on a lake? Where are oh they going? Oh, my God. Just... There's barges on the lake. Seriously, I could go to the end of the street and, and watch huge oil and cargo ships go by all the time. Where are they going? They're, Where are they going, though? Just back and forth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Rick, the lakes dump out to the ocean at one point. No, I know, I know, but they go in. I didn't know Lake Michigan was that big of a thoroughfare to have fifteen hundred shipwrecks. If that's true, oh yeah, no, I, I, uh, you should ask the Google box. No, no, we should ask that guy that talked about the Tiktika. I know what to do. I know what to do. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Hey Siri, how many ships have wrecked in Lake Michigan? All right. So to everyone listening, thank you. I'm doing it right now. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Hey, Google. How many shipwrecks are in Lake Michigan? Here's what I understood from the website mentalfloss.com. Out of an estimated 6,000 maritime disasters on the Great Lakes, Lake Michigan played host to 1,500 shipwrecks. Wow. Do you want a little more context? TikTok is real. TikTok's real, bro. Look at that. Wow. Factually spot on. Yeah, spot on. Or maybe she did the same thing right before she recorded. But yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, I got something special for you. What? It's time for Florida Man Story. Florida! In Florida, COVID-19 death tolls keep rising, according to NPR, but in accordance with Local10.com, Tropical Storm is past Broward, moving towards North Florida's East Coast at this time. Ricky, over to you. Hurricane Isias is on its way to Florida. The most normal thing that's happened in Florida this year. It uh, doesn't know what it wants to do. It doesn't know if it wants to go west to cover the whole state. It doesn't know if it wants to go east and just bother the people on the coast, a.k.a. the face. But it's happening. I really do feel bad for the people in Hilton Head, Charleston, South Carolina, Wilmington, and, uh, and Georgia because it's heading straight for them, and that's going to go all the way up. But, yeah, man, back to normal here in the good old, good old uh, sweaty state of Florida. COVID cases left and right. Hurricane coming in to stir that bad boy up and just print them out evenly across the state. Awesome. Hi, I'm Summer Sherrod. It is awesome. Summer, it's a pleasure. Good to hear from you. <laughs> There's a lot going on down there right now, Rick. I, I really hope that everyone stays safe, though. I know you you, you all are uh, facing something serious there. A lot of dear friends in uh, in, in Brevard and Broward uh, over there. And uh Yeah. Hope everyone's okay, man. And uh, as it stands right now, you're, you're you're safe where you are, right? As of right now, as of right now, yes, it's not. We're we're, we're not supposed to feel the, uh, the 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 hurricane winds until about eight p.m. tonight. Uh, but yeah, I do. Um, I reached out to the face and to the family, see if they need us to uh, take refuge somewhere. So they got me as an option. They got other friends in the state as an option. So uh, they uh, they got support. Hey, Rick, um, your final thoughts and best ways that people can reach you, please. Final thoughts. You know, it, it, it's um, 
I love healthy conflict. I love healthy debate. And the interviews today really showed stark contrast about what those two things can you combine them together, shake them up, and you get a really good learning environment. And that's what happened today. And I, for everybody out there who's working from home, everybody out there who is an essential worker, especially in the path of the storm, please stay safe. Please do not put you want to make a dollar over your safety for you and your family and your property. Please be smart about this. That's Facebook, right. That's right. Instagram. Make sure that you make two, <laughs> not just one dollar. Make two. It's dangerous. Yes. But we're on Facebook, Instagram, Podcast HR on Twitter, but anywhere else, HR Talk Podcast. You can find us all over the place. Let us know what you feel on your favorite podcast downloading platform. Give us a like. Really appreciate it. And uh, over from my neck of the woods, my final thought and last words here before we say goodbye. Big shout out going over to Alexis, who just recently chose to move over from hospitality into human resources. I feel very bad uh, that we were unable to have an interview with you for this week on on your decision-making process due to your food poisoning. With that, oh. uh, we will be uh, more than willing to partake in the fun run walk to help raise funds uh, for your tummy if need be. With that, <laughs> I'm JC. That's Ricky Baez. Drive safe. Have a good night. It's me. Drive safe. Hurricane Isis. Just love saying the name. Icy ass?